Hello and welcome to the Kappa Connect. I am not Fire Chief Scott Freitag, but I am Training Captain Eric Merrill. Here again, uh, first time hosting, but I did throw these two gentlemen under the bus today. Two of our new recruits who they will introduce themselves here in just a minute. Um, but we're glad to have you guys here. And we hope that Chief Freitag can be back next week because I don't know if I'm going to be able to con uh, coerce any more of our recruits to come back in here next week if I got to do this. So if it, uh, we'll get started. Uh, Wyatt, go ahead and introduce yourself. My name is Wyatt Blair. I am new here to CAFMA, obviously. I'm excited to be here. I've lived in the Prescott area for past 11 years now. Um, got a few years fire experience, my one and two, and worked at a department up outside of Flagstaff, Highlands Fire District. I've got a wife named Sophie and an almost two-year-old son named Forrest, and I'm just happy to be here. Well, that's great, and we're glad to have you here, not only on the podcast, but as one of our new recruits and a part of our culture moving forward. So, And you said that you have some experience. How long did you work full-time for the fire department? Full-time at Highlands Fire District. I was there a little over a year and a half. So got off probation, was there for a little while, and uh, just had the hankering to be down here. Yeah. So, well, very good. We're glad to have you here. So, Matt, can you go ahead and introduce yourself to yeah. all the listeners out there? Uh, Matt Dalcero. Um, I am 32. I've lived in the area here for about 30 years. Um, obviously, I'm also new to CAFMA. Uh, I started out actually taking my Fire 1 and 2 class, my EMT, my HAZMAT, got all those classes out of the way. Um, and uh, what we started the academy about nine weeks ago, yeah. mm -hmm. um, going through kind of relearning that Fire 1 and 2 um, a little bit of uh, hazmat, things like that. Um, but yeah, background-wise, uh, I've done just about everything, um, a lot of labor-intensive jobs. Um, that's what uh, attracts me the most to um, the fire service, uh, not only living in the area for about 30 years um, and caring about my community, knowing the community, but, uh, but also just having a job where I can um, use my mind a little bit more rather than those labor-intensive jobs. So, yeah, also, you know, happy to be here, and uh, that's about it. Wow, that's great. Well, thanks. Good introductions. That was the easiest questions you'll get the, the rest of this podcast. Perfect. So, for all of you who uh, have been listening to the podcast and following Chief's Review throughout uh, the last year and a half or so, um, we did have to make some concessions to our policy and our hiring practices, because just the way that things have been going for the last couple of years in terms of our community, we've seen the cost of living increase. And uh, one of the more important things about our organization is that we are a family-based, family-first organization. We believe in culture, and we also believe, more importantly, in our interactions and our relationship with the community. With that being said, we do understand, though, that it's been harder, and you guys can jump in at any point if you have something to add to this, but it's been harder for people who are in the workforce today, especially people that live in our area with a high cost of living, to be able to take time away from their families um, you know, have to take college courses to be able to get hired. So we try to find some ways to remedy, um, not necessarily uh, minimizing our requirements necessarily, but we're just removing some barriers from increasing our pool of people who live in the area who are community-based and fit our same core values. So with that, we removed the Fire 1 and 2 certification. We still have to have your EMT to be hired. Um, but we did get rid of some of those barriers. So would you guys speak to maybe your perspective? Because as these two gentlemen have both stated that they did uh, go through the Fire 1 and 2 Academy here before they got hired. So can you walk through maybe, and we'll start with you, Wyatt, just your process to, um, you know, what brought you to CAFMA? 
what were some things that helped you along the way of the application process and, um, you know, leading you up to getting hired with CAFMA with the, the prerequisites that you had, some that you wish you had or maybe didn't need? Can you just walk us through some of those things? Well, for my hiring process, it was easier than uh, previous experience just because I had that experience. Um, starting off from the top of your question of why CAFMA, you know, I, when I decided I wanted to be a firefighter, first thing I did was I got my one and two certification at Yavapai College and a good majority of the techs and instructors there were guys from CAFMA. So I had a lot of exposure from the start and that kind of stuck with me through the years since then. You know, I, a few years ago when I was trying to get hired on, I, it's like I was grabbing a handful of darts and throwing them at the board and hoping something stuck. So I got a lot of good and bad experiences with applying and testing for other departments. And as I stated previously, eventually I got hired with Highlands. And so as far as the hiring process for CAFMA, once I got here, it was pretty much just another interview, you know? Um, I was excited for it. I was nervous, obviously, but I was able to keep my composure because of that, that experience that I got interviewing a lot, a lot of departments, especially in the Valley, you know, they have hundreds of applicants for a few spots and, you know, they're, they don't take it easy on you in those interviews. Mm -hmm. So that helped me out a lot. Um, just having experience and having my one and two beforehand helped me a lot because I knew guys here, you know, I have a lot of friends that already worked for CAFMA. I was able to lean on those guys for help with my interviews. Um, I think I name dropped a few in the interview process. Um, I was pulling out all the stops, <laughs> whatever but, it takes. Yeah. Um, and really it, you're talking about people trying to work full time and in the past you had to work full time and get those certs and pay for them out of pocket, you know, and that's, Luckily, I did that before I was married, before I had a kid, and uh, that's how it was. I was working full-time. I'd get off the clock at 5, get to the college so I could start class at 6, and paying it, trying to pay rent, bills, paying for the classes out of pocket along the way. Mm -hmm. And I think us dropping the requirements for 1 and 2, 130, 190, only keeping that EMT requirement makes it a lot easier for working people to get into the fire service because mm -hmm. yeah, you still have to go through the class, but it's a semester or, you know, there's even 10 week programs now instead of, you know, full-time school for a year trying to get in and still pay the bills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. So. And, I, and I appreciate you bringing that up because before we had to have your EMT plus your firefighter one and two, which was a semester class. Um, you can take it any community college in the state um, it just has to be IFSAC uh, approved. And then uh, our hazardous materials, awareness and operations, which those are, other, those are other classes that you would take at community colleges. S-130, S-190, those are also wildland classes that don't take, they only take a few days. But still, when you start adding all of this up, it becomes a lot for somebody who, you know, a man or woman who lives in the area who has to work full time to pay their mortgage uh, or, you know, somebody who's just trying to save money to pay their rent or, you know, someday apply for a loan and, and buy a house. These are all things that we were found. We were getting a smaller pool of candidates applying. And so this this way, we found that we got a little larger pool. 
And we're still looking for opportunities to create a bigger pool of people who are community-based and, and even people that live outside of here that want to move here because this is such a unique and a beautiful area to raise your family and and grow in, in a community and grow with the community as well. So Matt, walk, walk us through a little bit of your process with that. Yeah. So um, as you said, I already had my Fire 1 and 2 EMT, Hazmat, those, uh, I, you know, some of those are already taught now, you know, in the academy. Um, it, I was a little bit different story-wise uh, than Wyatt because, um, one, getting into it a little bit later. Um, I, I was able to be a little bit more picky as far as uh, the hiring process goes. I was dead set and adamant about CAFMA. Um, no, you know, not to downplay working anywhere. Some people w- just want to get hired, want to get a job, you know, get their feet wet. Um, for me, it wasn't necessarily that, uh, you know, my age coming into it or anything I have. I ran my own business. Um, so I was able to afford to kind of hold out until I was where I wanted to be, got hired on where I wanted to get hired on. Um, having the fire one and two already, I would say maybe gave me a little bit more confidence, uh, in the inter- interviewing process. Um, I, I can't say otherwise because I, you know, didn't experience that, but, uh, but at the end of the day, it was just honest in the interviewing process and, you know, and that, that works out. Um, as far as anybody out there who is trying to decide whether to get their fire one and two first, or, you know, just count on doing it in the Academy. Um, one, it, I was thinking it's going to be all fire one and two guys probably that get hired because they already have it. They have that experience. Um, and then I come to find out out of the 10 of us that got hired, it's a 50, 50 split. So there wasn't any bias, um, obviously to having it or not having it. Um, whether it uh, pays off to have it ahead of time, um, I would say maybe slightly. Um, there was there were so many things, and I, I only took my Fire 1 and 2 a year ago, and there was a lot I needed to brush up on. So it was very beneficial for me. Um, it wasn't like boring or repetitive. It was, it was beneficial to go through that again and also to get some eyes on um, different TOs, different training officers, and getting to know them. And uh, that's what really drew me to CAFMA, actually, um, initially going through that Fire 1 and 2 is, like Wyatt said, uh, meeting some of those um, TOs, doing some of those ride-alongs, and uh, just the positive atmosphere. That's one of the hugest things that drew, drew me into um, CAFMA or, you know, the occupation as a whole. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I just, uh, it, I haven't interviewed in anywhere in about 12 years. So I was pretty nervous, yeah. you know, going into it. Um I was told by so many people, um, which was probably good advice that I didn't follow, but I was told to do a lot of mock, you know, interviews, um, you know, go over your questions, go over them. For me, I would be sitting there trying to remember those great questions that I thought of and the great answers that I came up with, you know, in my interview. So I actually, it was, uh, I just won it. Um, but like I said, you know, I, I, I knew that this was right for me. Um, I had thought about it for years and years and years and put it off because of the school. And it wasn't so much having the time um, or the money. It was it was just not wanting to go to school, sure. you know, um, having a steady job. And uh, I am just uh, my biggest advice is, you know, wherever you're at, um, obviously, I'm sitting here looking at, you know, there's some guys that are 20 years old um, that are in there. There's some guys that are 21 or so that are hired. And uh, and yeah, it would have been awesome to have started this a while ago, 10 years ago. Um, but I am very thankful that I finally one day, um, just said, you know, just sign up for those classes. Um, just get your feet wet. I took the classes one at a time. I mean, I think you can do two or so at a time, whatever. Um, but I, uh, I, I need to do it one at a time and, uh, and now I'm here and I'm, I'm very thankful that I finally made that decision. 
Yeah. No, that's great. We're glad that you're here. And I think a couple of things that you guys both spoke on, but I'll, I'll start with, with Matt, some of the content you just provided, you talked about the Orboard process mm-hmm. and yeah, we do always offer up advice of, you know, yeah, do mock Orboards, go to the cruise or go to the stations and you'll see this as you look to promote in the near future. Um, you want to go to the crews that are going to give you the most honest content, the most honest feedback that helps you learn and, and build and grow from that. Right. So that's one thing that we always encourage anybody who wants to test with us in the near future is, yeah, go out and do mock aura boards. But the, the, the nice thing that you said is just that authenticity that's, that's going to, and I, and I can say this because I sit in most of the aura boards. We always look for people who have that authenticity, who are going to answer the questions the way that you actually feel and act and how you've responded versus something that you've wrote down and scripted. That's mm-hmm. something the panel is, is specifically picked because of their ability to kind of pick that out of people. So your authenticity, both of you and, and, and the other eight that were hired, mm-hmm. that's the type of stuff that we look for because again, all the technicalities, we'll teach for that. We'll, we'll teach for skill, but we want to hire for culture. We want to hire the right people who are going to be representatives for the organization while on duty and more importantly, even off duty. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I appreciate that you, you mentioned that. Yeah. And then Wyatt, so walk through the process of, uh, and I'll just say this for Wyatt because he's probably too humble to say anything, but he actually helps with the Fire 1 and 2 Academy at Yavapai College. So you've been on a couple sides of this. One, you've, you've taken the academy class through the college, and then now you've been teching with it. And one thing about CAFMA is that we have a great partnership with Yavapai College. And I'll give a big shout out right now to Robert Borker, who's now the new uh, program coordinator for the fire science side of Yavapai College. He's, he's done a great job since he's been there only a few months, and uh, he's, gonna, he's got great vision. And Yavapai College has, has just been a great partner for us moving forward. And we have a lot of people that work uh, for our organization, let alone other organizations in the area. So they're bringing very good content from the curriculum the the course wants you to learn from, but also just sharing a little bit of our SOGs and how we operate here kind of in the area. So it's an easier transition for people who are going through the one and two Academy through Yavapai or somewhere uh, you know near us that understand our demographics and understand kind of how, how we operate. So with that, Wyatt, can you speak a little bit to your, your process going through Yavapai College, now being a tech with Yavapai College, and maybe what recommendations you would make for people who are right now looking or maybe entertaining, like you were talking, like you just need to get your feet wet. You want to just jump in and start taking classes. What recommendations and tips would you give people right now who are in that same boat? If you're in that boat and you're thinking about it, want to get your feet wet, but you're not fully sure, I think starting with your one and two academy is the best way to go. Because I can tell you, getting through an EMT class without anything to really look forward to, it's got to be tough. I took my fire one and two before I took EMT and you know, fire one and two, it's exciting. You do. (laughs) I got you, Jonah. (laughs) Thank you. It's exciting. You know, you do cool stuff. You throw ladders, you throw people. Um, you actually fight fire. You actually fight fire. It, it gets you excited for what it's going to be like. And so I did that and then I took my EMT because EMT is kind of a grind. It's a lot of studying. It's a lot more mental than physical. And I'm I'm good at the physical stuff. Mm-hmm. The mental stuff I have to work a little harder on. Um, That's most firefighters just for everybody to... <laughs> so for me, I was kind of in that same boat. I was thinking maybe I want to be a firefighter. I'm not sure, but I know I want to help people. So got my feet wet. I took my one and two academy and then my EMT and it gave me what to look forward to gave me perspective. So if you're in that boat, I think that's your best route. And, uh, as soon as I 
got confirmation that I passed that class, that I passed the state test, I knew that I wanted to go back and help. Um, not only are you getting exposure to more people, you're networking, you're kind of helping train the next group of firefighters. Mm-hmm. You know, there's guys that work for CAFMA whose academies I've helped instruct with, um, helped with mats. You so know? that explains a lot. Yeah. Um, anyway, so not only does it do those things, but it also helps you stay sharp on your skills. Mm-hmm. So when you do show up for an academy, you know, I've done two new higher academies now and nothing is new. You know, all the stuff I've, all the stuff that we do, I've done it before. And now it's more just, this is how we do it at CAFMA. Mm-hmm. That was how we did it at my last department. You know, I'd seen it before. I'd done it before. Then it just comes to fine tuning mm-hmm. in the new higher academy. So that, if you're not fully sure, I think that is a great way to get your feet wet to really find out if this is what you want to do. Because mm-hmm. we see guys come in, they're all gung-ho about it. They want to be a firefighter. And then two weeks later, they, uh, they're not so sure. Mm-hmm. You know, they get that mask on their face and they get claustrophobic and they never knew that they were claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. So again, if you're not fully sure it's what you want to do, I think paying for it and going to the one and two Academy first is a great thing to do. Mm -hmm. If you are absolutely certain this is what you want to do in your life, get your EMT first. And cause now we have the opportunity to get your EMT and get hired here Mm -hmm. and learn the one and two stuff in a new higher Academy. Sure. Which is a great thing. Yeah. But if you're in that position, one and two is the way to go. Yeah. And like you said, you already had the semester class. You already had an idea of what it was like, but then you start our academy and now you're just learning, you know, just different ways and and, and new ways to to do some of the same uh, skills and, 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 you know, operate some of the tools a different way. And that's the best part is that, you know, I've been on full time 15 years and I'm still out there trying to find new ways to do things. And I think one of the best quotes I ever had told to me by a mentor years ago was that you leave your legacy in the training. It's not about leaving a picture on the wall or, you know, some sort of mural outside of a station about you. It's about the people you're impacting as you're helping with the one and two Academy. And then someday you guys will come back. You'll, you'll be RTOs for our, hopefully for our new higher academies. And, and you're leaving a little bit of a, of a fingerprint on everybody that comes through. And that's, that's how we build our legacy here. But that's, what's made us, uh, in my opinion, one of the most, elite organizations in the state is because we have so many people come back that want to give back because of the cause, not because it's a, you know, a few extra bucks in the pocket. So with that being said, so, uh, and we're going to bring on later, I'm sure Chief Freitag wants to bring everybody on at some point, but we'll, we'll bring on at some point, a couple of our recruits that don't have their fire one and two that went through this process. Cause it'd be great to get their perspective, especially for some of the viewers who want to test for us in the future that are going to be in that same boat. Um, but Matt, would you speak a little bit on behalf of them and maybe just a little perspective of what it's like that we're doing a 15 week Academy because the first nine weeks is solely just, um, a firefighter one and two curriculum. So would you mind kind of speaking to that a little bit? Speaking to the, how the new guys are doing? Yeah. Just it, with, with the, the five that, that came mm-hmm. in without the fire one and two cert, okay. kind of what their transition was like compared to having that experience already. Okay. Um, well, I mean, like I said, it was it was a 50-50 split on those that already had some experience with that class and those that are uh, pretty much completely new to it. Um, so for us, it worked out really well um, just because some of us were able to kind of take a mentor role um, while also brushing up on what we needed to relearn or readjust or get better at. 
And uh, I, I would say I don't see them as uh, like, I don't feel that they have any handicap not having that class. Um, they've all learned very quickly. Um, it's, it's not exactly, you know, rocket science or anything, but it is, uh, it is an art to do a lot of this stuff the right way and to not burn yourself out, um, you know, doing it, learning it that, that way that you're going to be able to do it for 25 years. Um, but they, uh, as far as tempo or attitude or anything like that goes, um, it's been great. Uh, I, I don't see any of those guys that don't have that class, um, feeling, like they were missing something. Um, obviously, they have a little bit more pressure on their shoulders with having to take their state test, and that's what we're about to be doing tomorrow, actually. So they are—they're pretty stressed out, you know. And there is that added stress on their shoulders. Um, we don't exactly get off scot-free because mm-hmm. good old Captain Merrill uh, made up a, as he says, even harder test that we have to pass. Yeah. Um, so, so everybody's got a little bit of stress. That way, it is fair and it's—it's it's even. Nobody's just running around uh, not caring about anything, and we're all attentive. And obviously, like I said, brushing up and relearning. Um, but it, uh, I, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I don't, I don't try to be a leader or a mentor, um, but I do enjoy being able to help those guys. And uh, and you know, we the TOs, um, and I've said it, you know, to all of them. Um, but I, I, I can't express my appreciation enough that they are there, and they aren't in any way um, seeming to be forced to be there. You know, they, it's not that they were told to be there. Um, they love teaching this they love being mentors they love being you know training officers so uh so with having them and uh, and then obviously having you know some of us that that know it a little bit better than some of those guys maybe some of those newer guys um it's just more eyes on them and it's uh it's just helping them out to bring them up to our speed and to be honest i i i would say that those five are pretty much at our speed now um it's not it's not like they i really don't think they missed out on anything by not having that class first um, and just to touch on one thing that you said, as far as, um, being able to do those mock, you know, boards or anything, I mean, I can attest to that in a huge way, as far as, um, the firefighters in CAFMA that I've, you know, communicated with, they, they are the same way as the TOs, as far as just trying, almost trying to pull you in, not just accepting, yeah. you know, that you want to practice interviews or, you know, do a ride along, uh, just, you know, go by the station and feel the culture. Um, like I said, the culture is such a huge reason why I finally committed to this. So um, another way, if you you know you're still iffy, is just being around those guys um, and uh, just just feeling that that kind of vibe and that environment. And uh, and no matter what obstacles you have to overcome to make it happen, um, if you're claustrophobic, you know, and you know it, I'm honestly claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. It hasn't bothered me. Um, doing our tunnel drills and masking up and everything, uh, just because my my why is a lot stronger than that. Yeah. Um, so it, it doesn't. I, I I can look past those things because I know that this is right for me. So even if you're thinking, oh, you know, I'm claustrophobic, maybe I shouldn't do this. I have a fear of heights. You know, ladders are scary. I don't like heights either. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people don't. Um, but I don't think about it when I'm on that ladder because I have a job to do, and uh, and we, you know, you can make anything fun. Yeah. So, uh, so it is, um, it's, it, it's a great environment. That's, mm-hmm. no. well, that's great. And thank you. And, I, and again, I think that's a testament to not only the, the 10 of you that were hired in your character, that you could hire five people that have their fire one and two, some experience, some not experiences comes in different forms. You know, you have experience, you're married with a child, you've been full-time already. You went through the one and two Academy, you helped tech, um, you know, you ran your own business, you're in your thirties, you have more life experience. I know you've traveled, so everybody has their experiences. And then I think it's a huge testament to the five that were hired without their fire one and two, 
Because again, it comes down to who you are as a person and your authenticity and how you can sit in a panel of four or five uh, you know, professionals and you can keep your cool and you can articulate an answer that lets us really know who you are. So again, big, big shout out to the five that, that were hired without their one and two and, and persevering through that. And you're exactly right. I truly believe that all 10 of you are very much right at par mm-hmm. with each other. Uh, you know, and, and, and I know you two have stepped up multiple times and become mentors uh, you know, when you didn't expect to be at those times. But that also is, is where the cohesion in that group, that group of 10 has been really fun to watch as you guys grow, you know, as, as, a, as, a, as a group. But, you know, that's something that you're going to take with you the rest of your careers that you guys went through this academy together. This is the very first academy that's been 15 weeks that's incorporated Fire 1 and 2. But we're not done yet. We got a lot more cool stuff mm. coming up. So let's talk about some of the stuff coming up here in the, in the, in the back half here in the, in the next six weeks of this academy. So next week, we've got our 13190 class, which you already have your 13190. Do you have your 13190? I do. Okay, so you guys have already been through that before, but this is going to be a lot more fun because we have some fantastic uh, trainers going to come in. So I know mm-hmm. Kat McCarty, Just Vanetta, Marshall Casley, maybe another couple of fun surprises. They're going to come in. We're going to go over just the basics of wildland firefighting. Um, throughout that week. And then the week after that, we're going to go over VFIS, which is uh, basically uh, essentially teaching you guys how to drive all the big fire trucks. So uh, we're going to do that inside our campus with the gates locked. So nobody from the outside is in any danger. There's no peril, uh, you know, with, with you guys behind the wheel on the roads. But this is stuff that we've been doing for years. It's a very calculated, methodical training that teaches our, our new firefighters because one of the most important and, and probably riskiest things you'll do in your first year as a new firefighter is in a few months from now, especially when wildland season kicks up, is you may be asked to bring a water tender, uh, code two, to, to a, a fire scene. And the design of these water tenders are some of them very long, they're very tall, they're very heavy, and you have the inertia from the water when you make turns. And there's unfortunately been some bad accidents and, and even loss of life uh, in the field over the years of firefighters driving these types of vehicles. So we take that stuff very seriously. So we set you up for success when you get to the engines. Um, towards the end of the academy, one of the funnest things that I like to bring up that you guys are going to do, which is also going to explain why they have red t-shirts on while most people come in here wearing blue t-shirts, um, is that when you're in the academy, you wear red t-shirts. On the second to last night, so it'll be February 15th, we lock the campus down and we just invite families of the recruits to come in. It's a way to say thank you for allowing the organization to steal you guys for 15 weeks. Um, but also it's a lot of commitment from you, time, energy. Uh, you come home, you're, you're pretty tired. Uh, and then on the weekends, you're still studying, preparing for the week ahead. So it's a way for the organization, for the recruits to say thank you to our families for allowing us this time so we can build you up to set you up for success when you get on the streets. But with that, we do a family night. We grill some burgers. Um, we have them all come in. We have a big meal together. And then we go out and we do a big car fire. So the, it's dark out. So we get the lights and the woo-woos going in the engine and all the kids and everybody, the families get to see what you guys actually have been doing for 15 weeks, which is just a small part, but actually fighting fire. But you guys, thanks to the VFIS training, will be able to drive mm-hmm. and pump and fight fire, and we'll get the big flames going. And it's a really neat opportunity for the families to just get together and kind of see some of that end product from all the hard work you've put in for 15 weeks. But the funnest part about that whole night is once we're done doing that, we'll do a big family picture with everybody in front of the car fire prop. It's very safe. Uh, And then we're going to bring a burn barrel out in the middle. And this is where all of the recruits will take their red shirts, they'll rip them off Hulk style, throw them in the burn barrel. And we put that to bed because you've completed every task we've asked of you 
everything you've done has been in line with our core values. And we see that you will graduate that next night and become full-time firefighters out of the academy with your blue shirts on. So that's one of the neatest things that we got to do last year is a new tradition started. And with any luck and and excitement, this academy, maybe we'll come up with a couple new uh, traditions that we'll start. So, you know, that's something that I'll task you guys with here in the next few weeks. So be ready for that. So as far as uh, moving forward with the academy, do you guys have any advice or tips for anybody looking to test? Because, I mean, the way that things are going, there's a good possibility we could test again here this calendar year of 2023, sometime possibly summer, late summer. Uh, and I hope I'm not over speaking, but those are just some of the conversations. So every again, everything's always tentative. But you're talking potentially six months between now and doing another hiring process. By by that, I mean opening up applications. What would you suggest or recommend for somebody right now who's looking to go down that road? And especially when it comes to the application process, what tips would you give people? Well, I've got a few tips, actually. First being, you know, get to know yourself very well um, and learn to talk about yourself. You got to get comfortable with it. That was always my big thing. That's why I think that throwing a handful of darts at the dartboard helped me out a lot because it put me in that atmosphere a lot more than I was used to. You know, I know I'm a good person. I know I bring a lot to the table, but for the longest time I had a lot of problems talking about myself. So really get to know yourself. You're going to get asked questions as simple as tell me about yourself. And when we're working at the one and two Academy, we ask the cadets, those questions, you know, tell me about yourself. Why do you want to be a firefighter? And typically in these legitimate interviews, I know, Cap. <laughs> you, we'll talk about this back at the yeah. academy. Yeah. <laughs> in legitimate oral board interviews, you know, you're expected each question to talk for at least three to five minutes at the very least. And we ask people these questions, you know, tell me about yourself. You know, you're, you know, you better than anybody. And the first few times they talk for maybe 20 seconds and they're done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess really get to know yourself, get a process for how you tell somebody about yourself. Um, because there's a lot more to you than what you can say in 20 seconds. And a lot of people have a hard time learning that. I, I dang sure did. Um, it took me <clears throat> several interviews before I finally moved on to a chief's and then a couple more of those before I finally got hired. Um, so that's one of my biggest pieces of pieces of advice mm-hmm. is get to know yourself and get comfortable talking about yourself. My other huge piece of advice is if you really want to do this, start high intensity physical training. Um, everybody likes to be strong. Everybody likes to go in the gym and lift heavy weights and then sit down for two minutes and look at their phone and then do another set of heavy weight, which is good and all you need to be strong, but you also need to be in good firefighting shape and you can't bench press fire out. You know, you, you beat a fire with cardio and legs. So that is, those are my two biggest pieces of pieces of advice to get to know yourself and start training. Yeah, Wyatt with a shout out to leg day. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what you got, Matt? Um, I would just capitalize on what he said, uh, getting to know yourself I, I, in a different way, I guess. Uh, like I said, knowing your why, Mm-hmm. Um, and not just knowing it, but, um, entirely believing in it. Uh, it, it's, 
it, I don't think it's seen as from anybody as a career that you just try out. There's a lot of jobs out there. You know, you can go do landscaping for a week and quit and do this, that, and the other. Um, if you're going to dedicate the time to school, if you're going to be doing those classes, um, dedicate the time to the academy, things like that, um, you should be all in. Uh, so if you are all in and you, you know that it's right for you, whether it's from meeting firefighters, you know, you just see them walking around in the grocery store and, and, you know, you could be my age and, and it's like, they're, you know, they're your hero. You know, mm-hmm. it's awesome. You know, it's just one of those things that you look up to. If you are that person, um, then, then you should know it. And when you're sitting there and you're testing, I mean, I know a lot of guys have a very hard time, um, with interviews, with just talking, um, and, uh, it, it, for me, like I said, it was, it was a long time since having an interview as much as I was nervous, it was, it was easy. Um, not because I like to talk about myself, but because I know myself as why I was talking about. And, uh, and I thought, you know, it was what a, a 30, 45 minute interview. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it seemed like it went by in five minutes. I, I felt like I needed more time that I didn't get to say enough. And I remember walking out of each one of those interviews being like, man, there's so much more, I could tell them about myself, you know, like mm-hmm. not, not that I'm all great, but that, you know, I do have that life experience. Um, and, uh, fortunately I did get the right stuff out there apparently. Um, but, but yeah, just, just don't, you can't have that plan B, right. you know, um, if you have that plan B, you are not, you don't know that why you are not a hundred percent into that a, and they will see that, um, the, the chiefs will see that the, the captains will see that. And, uh, and obviously if you are that person that is just banking on a plan B, um, you could have a hard time, you know, you could, that you're that person that when you have a fear of heights, you're going to give up because of that ladder, um, or the claustrophobia is going to, you know, make you give up. And, uh, and that's just a waste of your time, a waste of everybody's time. And, uh, so just, just know it, believe it. Um, you shouldn't have to practice it if, if it is you. And so just be yourself and just get it done. Very good. So with all that being said, um, Wyatt, I want you to tell me about what's your favorite part of the Academy so far. So far, my favorite part of the Academy was week three. We did save your own week. Mm-hmm. And I said something earlier about throwing people and that is what that week is about. Um, you're picking up, moving, fully turned out, wearing an SCBA firefighters. And most of them, at least around here are a lot bigger than I am. So it was a struggle. It was, you know, physically and mentally tough, but there's no better feeling than when you reach the top of those stairs carrying Russ Smith up there and he tells you, good job. That was fast. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no better feeling than that, knowing that you gave something your absolute all and succeeded in it. And yeah, save your own week is just a full week of grinding it out and moving people. That's awesome. It's fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. All right, Matt, you're on the hot seat. What's the worst part of the academy so far? Worst part of the academy. That's not the training captain. Um, let's see. I would say worst part of the academy for me um, is honestly just trying to find those uh, better ways to do things. You know, I, honestly, that's the best best part for me too. Mm-hmm. Honestly, is just that challenge or that struggle. Um, there, there's things that seem so simple and, um, you might go at it like a caveman and just lug that hose around thinking that you're the strongest guy out there, that you're just going to get it done, overwork yourself. And 15 seconds later, you're worthless. Mm -hmm. Um, I did that. 
you know, I, I powered through it. And then uh, as soon as eyes weren't on me, I just collapsed against the wall and, and had to get a breather. Oh, we saw um, you. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that it's just uh, the reason why that's the worst and the best. It's the worst because it is a challenge. Um, it's a challenge to learn everything to begin with, uh, retain it, but to, to get better at it and find those little things. Um, it makes total sense to the training officers, obviously, because they have, you know, perfected it or, or they know it very well. So they try to portray it and, and teach it, you know, to where you can get it. It takes you, your mind and your body a little bit, a little while to figure that out, um, to really perfect it. Um, so, you know, if you, if you like a challenge, obviously that's, that's part of the fun is, is getting better at something. Um, cause you know, just striving to be the best at something. So, uh, so yeah, it can be the worst cause it's a struggle. Yeah. Um, but it's also just part of the fun. And that's, a, again, another testament to our having the right RTOs because we have the best TOs that they're empathetic because they've been there. They've mm-hmm. done that. But that's, again, another reason why they, they want to be there is they want to make you guys better while they're making themselves better. Yep. And so one thing I'd just like to end this with is one of the, my favorite things about this is watching and listening, more importantly, you guys at, at lunch. You, they, there's 10 of them, and they all circle up against two tables that are about the size of this. Mm-hmm. And I just hear them laughing and eating and just cutting up. And that was a very quick bond that was formed, mm-hmm. uh, I would say, within by the second week of the academy. They had already um, mm-hmm. kind of formed this bond. So it was really neat to see. And then it's, it's really fun to hear you guys at lunch after you've just been completely thrown through the grinder all day. And you guys still have enough energy to laugh and, mm-hmm. and you know, tease each other and, and all the stuff that firefighters like to do. So with that, uh, I'm going to end this because I know Jonah's got some really important stuff to do today. But I know that this is also the first podcast of the year, correct, Jonah? That is correct. Okay, so I get to be the first person on behalf of Cap and to wish everybody a happy new year. And uh, we want to thank uh, everybody for listening and supporting us uh, over the last year. And we look forward to all the upcoming uh, uh, really great things that's going to happen with CAFMA. And it just starts with U10. So thank you for being here today. Yeah. And Thanks we'll see everybody next week. Thanks.